Well, good morning, church. He is worthy, amen? That's why we're here. We're not here to play games. We're not here just because this is what we're supposed to do at this season of the year. We come together every Sunday because he's worthy. And let's worship him. Let's have hearts prepared for that. And so once again, I want to welcome you guys here uh, for Christmas at Zoe. We love that you are here. want to welcome our first-time guests. want to welcome those who are with us online again. We're so glad. And I'm so excited for my TV to work its way across the stage right now. You can do it. You can do it. There it is. Thank you. Give it up for our help this morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, uh, how many of you know this can be a busy season of the year, right? It can be busy. My guess is there's some of you, like my wife, you absolutely love all of it. Like you love the lights, you love the stuff, you love the parties, you love all that kind of stuff. There's probably some of you that are like, eh, it's good, I like this, this is nice, this is okay, but it's not like the greatest time of the year for you. And my guess is there's some others of you that kind of want to just fast forward to January. What is that? You all thought that was some cool, like, I was, I'm so cutting edge up here. I got sound effects this morning. Nope. <laughs> no idea what that was. That was awesome. Yeah! Give it. Well, my guess is there's some of you that, like, you just want to fast forward through the Christmas season. I had a, I had a good, really, really good friend of mine that growing up, Christmas stunk in his house like he had a really really toxic home and every year when it came to christmas he just wanted to get to january that's all he wanted and there's probably some of you that feel that way and there may be maybe some of you that have walked through something hard this past year and this this christmas season is going to look different maybe you've lost someone maybe your family isn't the same dynamics it was last year and just know i'm sorry if you've gone through that but here here's what you can trust is that this season, we are going to do everything we can to help all of us get our eyes in the right place this season, okay? We're going to do every single Sunday, we're going to attempt is how, how do we look at, not we love all the fun and all this kind of stuff, how do we get our eyes on what really, really matters? And so I'm going to challenge you to be here every single service during December, because I think if we do that, we're going to have hearts that are posturing in the right direction throughout this season, Okay. But, but with that, we're also going to have some fun, okay? We're going to have fun every single week. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so make sure today you pick up your Christmas bucket list and the bucket, okay? You get that right out that direction, you know, get the Christmas tree, all that kind of stuff. Next week, uh, we've got uh, just a lot of fun stuff going on. Our kids are going to be a little bit involved next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. On the 18th, uh, be aware it's festive Christmas sweater day, and some people go far more than just a sweater, okay? So we want you to come decked out with its ugly sweater. I don't care. Good. Go over the top. There will be a prize for the most festive, and last year was like next level. So you're going to have to up your game if you want to win it this year, okay? And then on December 24th, uh, we have got our Christmas Eve services. You saw the card that when you, it was on your chair. Uh, services at 1.33 and 4.30. And so my challenge to you is right now, begin to make your plans. Which service are you going to attend and who are you going to bring with you? Um, because you've got bring your families, bring your friends. This is going to be a great time as we celebrate the season together. You can use those cards as an invitational. And then just so you're aware of what the rest of the month will look like, then uh, that's on the 24th. The 25th is a Sunday. We have no services on the 25th, all right? But the following week, January 1st, it is New Year's Day. And so we're going to do something fun. We're going to do an all-together one service that Sunday at 10 a.m. So you can sleep in a little bit, all right? 10 a.m. service on January 1st. Uh, we hope you can participate in that, okay? 
Uh, but with this season, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of fun stuff. And uh, before we dig into the message, the, the theme, if you looked around the lobby, it's a, a retro Christmas we got going. So we kind of got some 60s themes and 60s vibe going out in the lobby here today. And as we were thinking about what would be some fun retro things that we could do in service, and we said, we got an idea. Everybody stand with me across the room. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? Okay. There is nothing more retro than singing an old school carol with nothing but a piano. All right? So we're bringing it out today, okay? How many of you know the, the song, Joy to the World? You know it? All right, here we go. Sing it. Joy to the world, the Lord is God. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and me. See, he rules the world. He rules the world with truth and grace. And makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. And wonders of his love. And wonders, wonders of his love. Give yourself an applause. That's great. Way to go. Would you stay standing with me? And you can grab your Bibles as we're going to turn in our text this morning to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. Uh, if this is your first time, we actually stand every Sunday when we read our primary text because we say God's word matters far more than what I got to say. Okay, and so we're going to read a passage here, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. It says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went their own, to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Father, we thank you for this season. And Lord, I pray today that we would see Jesus again. And some of us, we may see Jesus for the very first time. Pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You can be seated. Well, when you're a kid, what's the best part of Christmas? Presents, exactly. It's pretty simple. Some of you adults, presents is still the best part of Christmas. But uh, so I want you to take 20 seconds. Turn to your neighbor. I want you to say, what was uh, the, one of the best toys you received when you were a kid? Okay, turn to your neighbor. Some of you are going to have to remember a long time ago, okay? One of your favorite toys when you were a kid that you received for Christmas. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, one of... One of the toys that was really cool 
uh, that I got when I was a kid. My dad bought one of these tabletop hockey games. You ever seen these tabletop hockey games with like the smoothie things and the little guys, whatever? And the weird thing was I didn't ask for it, but my dad bought it for us for Christmas. And about two days later, I realized why, because he bought it for himself. Okay, that's what we do as dads. We live vicariously through our children. We buy our kids what we always wanted. Okay, and when I, I started, we were talking about retro Christmas in the 60s, so I started Googling some of the, the, the uh, toys that were popular or came out in the 60s. One was the Slinky. How many remember the old school Slinky? Right, got the Slinky, this thing. How many ever got this thing in a knot, right? <laughs> that's, that's what happens. Anybody got a kid who would like a Slinky? Raise your hand. Somebody, here we go. Fourth row here. Awesome. All right, an- another one that came out was the Etch-A-Sketch. Etch-A-Sketch. How many had an Etch-A-Sketch as a kid? Great. Here's what I love. They still sell it, and here's what it says. No Wi-Fi needed. That's what they put on the front of it. This is going second row right over here. He was asking for it before we even said it. And then I was looking for games, and this game came out in the 60s. How many ever played Twister before? You ever played Twister? Okay, I'm going to let you guys into it. Oh, it's coming, guys. I'm going to let you in on a family secret over here, okay? Levi's sitting in the front row, my son, and he doesn't know this, so he's about to learn something. Okay, we play Twister in our home. I'm the one responsible for doing the spinny thing, and it's the kids who do the, like, getting whatever. And I'll spin the first one, and I call it off. But from that point on, I'm spinning this thing. I'm not paying any attention to it. I'm just picking what's the most difficult move to do next. (laughs) You should see his face right now. He's like, what? I'm like... The kids are like, why is it so difficult, Dad? I'm like, I have no idea, son. I have no idea. This is going over the second row right there. Chris, you got that. Raise your hand, Chris. She really wanted that game. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, but we love, we love playing games. We love the toys at Christmas. But we all face a reality, and it's this. They don't last. <laughs> they don't last. We all know the disappointment when things just break down and, and they don't work anymore, they wear out, you know, you give the toys, you know, you know what it is, you get toys, give it a couple days, you give it a couple weeks and that slinky's in a knot, you know, the etch-a-sketch is cracked and you pull the hamstring trying to play Twister, right? That's just how it goes. And we all know the feeling of disappointment when things just don't match our expectation, what we hoped it would be. And then we come to the Christmas story. You know, we just read the Christmas story together, and it's, it's a beautiful scene. When you read the story, you know, you read it, you just think if James Earl Jones would just read this story, it would just be this beautiful moment, you know. And you got nativities. How many got a nativity at home somewhere in your house? You set up a little nativity, you know. It's just beautiful, and it's clean. And then we sing songs like, you know, silent night, you know, sleep in heavenly peace. We get this beautiful picture, you know, and it's just so calm. But if you're like me, there's sometimes during the Christmas season where I just want to be life isn't like that. Like life isn't actually like that. It isn't all sweet and clean all the time, is it? It's not all quiet, you know. Like it's not that way. And maybe during the Christmas season, you know, we can kind of get all cleaned up and put out the decorations and just kind of fake it for a few weeks. But Christmas has to end. And at the end of that, many of us go back to the normal life, which is filled with chaos at times. It can be overwhelming at times. Some of us honestly walk in the door. You came in the door this morning. You're struggling. You're barely hanging on on a day-to-day basis right now. That's just, if you were honest, you don't say anything. You're like, oh, blessings, Merry Christmas. That's what you're saying. What you're feeling is something totally different, okay? You walk in the door, and you're, you're feeling some of you, maybe you're struggling emotionally. 
I know there's many in our congregation. Maybe you struggle with anxiety or struggling with depression. You're just struggling mentally in some way. Some of you are struggling physically. Like, everybody's sick right now, isn't it? Like literally everybody is sick, it feels like, you know? And maybe you're dealing with, dealing with an ongoing sickness of some sort, or, and you're just worn out. You're just tired of dealing with the same thing. Or maybe financially, you're in a tight place, and you feel the burden of the finances. You feel that weight, you know? And then Christmas season comes, and you're like, i got to buy a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and it gets heavier, and it feels overwhelming. And there's others of you relationally. Maybe it's in your family. Or maybe it's with a parent. Maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's with a spouse. Again, you walked in the door and you're smiling and you're sitting next to each other, but you guys haven't been talking. You've just been fighting. And you come in the room and we, we have this feeling where life is just challenging. It can feel overwhelming. And then we got the world that we live in. The world that we live in. How many know this world is chaotic at times? It's overwhelming. Like the last couple of years have been nuts. It's been absolutely nuts. And we don't know what the future holds. What, the, what are the coming weeks, months, years going to look like? We have no idea. We couldn't have imagined what the last couple years would have looked like. Is it no question why so many people are looking to political candidates to just say, oh, would somebody come and fix everything? Would somebody, somebody come and deal with all the chaos we've got going on in our world? Could somebody do that? We're looking for somebody that can deal with it, to give us some sense of strength and some sense of firmness in this world in the midst of the chaos. And then we come to Christmas. And I want to turn to a passage of scripture, not the Luke passage. I want to actually turn to a passage in the book of John. Now, who's John? John wrote this gospel, the gospel of John, the good news that John wrote in and John uh, was this guy who was just going about his life, doing life, like many of us were. But a man named Jesus came to him, and he called him. And he said, would you come follow me? And you know, for the next three years, what did John do? John followed Jesus. He saw the miracles. He saw all the amazing things that he did. He saw him heal people. He saw miracle after miracle after miracle. But then he saw that same Jesus hanging dead on a cross. And everything he had given his life for, he's like... Maybe this isn't the thing. Maybe I'm heading the wrong way. But we know the story on the third day. What happened? Jesus came to life. And this John, not because somebody convinced him that he should preach the gospel. No, because he saw a resurrected Jesus with his own eyes. He went for the next decades walking around the world preaching the good news of Jesus. Because he said, this Jesus has the power to transform your life. This Jesus is more than a man. He is so much more than a man. And when this man named John sat down at the end of a long life, life when he sat down to tell the story of Jesus he didn't start with Mary and Joseph in a manger he didn't start with shepherds he didn't start with angels all that stuff happened but that's not where he started no he started here John chapter 1 verse 1 where he says this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And it goes on in verse 14 where it says this. The word became flesh. And as John starts his story about Jesus, he's saying, listen, I'm not so concerned 
that there was a baby in a manger. What matters is who that baby was. Okay? I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of guys who are about to, you know, their, their wife was pregnant and they're going to have a child. Or maybe they're, they're thinking about having a child someday. And I'll hear a lot of guys, there's not a lot of men that just grow up just loving babies and excited about babies, okay? I get a lot of dads that just come to me like, I don't really like babies. What am I going to do when a baby comes? But I'm going to tell you something. I have never met a father who looked in the eyes of their own child and didn't have their life changed. Why is that? Is it because it was a baby? No. It's because of who that baby was. And the same thing for us is we have to get our eyes. John is saying, listen, you got to get your eyes on the baby. That's great. But you've got to know who that baby was. This Jesus didn't come into the world just as a baby or just as a good man or as a great teacher or like some political candidate that's going to come out there as a figurehead that you can put your hope in and just, gee, I hope he can pull something off. No, John is saying clearly that when you look at the face of Jesus, you are looking at the divine. You are looking at God. He is Lord and ultimately he is king. That's who he is. And we have to stop ourselves from just settling for this little, you know, modern, you know, view of Jesus, a little maybe in a major. No, he's so much more than that. We have to have eyes that see beyond what the flesh says and what the spirit says of who this man is is i said it earlier we like to paint you know the pretty picture of the nativity don't we you know the really pretty picture but i say this i mean i think i said this last year we should all be glad that nativity sets aren't scratch and sniff because it wasn't pretty and it wasn't clean i live in lakeville right on the border of burnsville and even from there if the wind is just right every once in a while i can smell the barns down south you know what i'm talking about Right? It stank in there. This was a gross setting. And then there's a baby being born. You ever been in a delivery? It ain't clean and tidy, folks. Like, it's messy. It's messy. And I think that there's something in God's understanding that that's how this whole story begins. Because the whole purpose of Jesus' coming was to come into our mess. He came to be the king. He came to lean in to the parts where we feel out of control. He came to be the leader and to be the hope that we desperately need in the midst of our chaos and mess. And to be the savior that can set us free. That's who he came to be. Some of you have been looking for some stable place to put your feet. Some of you have been looking for firm ground to stand on in our world that oftentimes can feel out of control. In your own personal life, you've been looking for somewhere that you can place your feet that feels firm. I want to tell you this morning that that firm ground isn't a place, it's a person. It's a person. It's found in King Jesus, the eternal, all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful creator God who was and is and is to come. That's who he is. That's why he came. He didn't come. He didn't come as a baby so you could have cute decor in your living room every December. He came. <laughs> There's a husband back there that doesn't like the decorations. <laughs> 
came to meet us in the midst of our mess. He came to meet you in the midst of your mess. Wherever you are at, he came to meet you. Now, here's the hard part. Because we all can know this reality. Everything that I've preached, some of you are like, yep, Greg, I know that. I know that. We can know that in our minds, but how easily do our hearts wander and seek out strength and comfort and peace in other places? You know what I'm talking about? You look into other stuff. You look into other things. Some of you are going to a substance because that's the thing that gives you peace and calm. Some of you are going to other people and other relationships. They're, they're even toxic. And you know they're toxic. But you turn there because for a moment, it gives you a little sense of peace in your life. It gives you a little sense of stability in your life. Some of you can just scroll your way Till, you know, till kingdom comes, right? You just keep scrolling on your phone because that's the thing that soothes your heart. Distract yourself from life because that's the thing that can get your attention away. And I believe that Jesus wants something more for us. And so I want to turn to one final passage this morning. It's a famous passage. You've probably heard it before. Found in Isaiah chapter 9. It talks about who this King Jesus really came to be. It says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says this, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now this passage was written talking about Jesus, this Jesus that would come. right? So for us a child is born. That's awesome. No, go back. Go back. There we go. For to us a child is born. But some of you are like, what in the world does this mean? The the government will be on his shoulders. Does that mean like the the normal governments? No, the whole idea of that is that the rule and reign will be on his shoulders. What does that mean? It means that all power and authority will rest on this. This is reminding us of who this baby is, right? A child's going to be born, right? It's a baby. That's great. But this one is the one who's in control. This is the one that you can trust in. This is the one you can put your faith in. This is the one that you can stand firmly on. When everything else in your life shakes, and it will, you can stand firm on this one. You can trust in this one. And then it goes on to explain what it looks like when this Jesus is in control. And it says it this way. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean? It means he is wise. Some of you in your life, what do you need? You need wisdom. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You're struggling right now. That's why Jesus came. He came to be the one to lead and to guide you, to lead you into all truth. He sent his spirit to speak clearly to you. That is who he is for us. He is wonderful counselor, but it goes on and it says this. He is mighty God. What does that mean? He's powerful. Some of you in your life, that's what you need. There are times in my life, that's what I need. I don't need just another dude. I need someone with power. And that's why Jesus came. To be the one that we can look to, that can do the miraculous, that can do the supernatural in your life, that we run to in every circumstance. When we can't turn anywhere else, when the doctor gives you the wrong report, you know, right? When your boss gives you the wrong report, you can run to your God and say, God, you're my source. You are powerful. You can lead me in this moment. That's what I need. Goes on, he says, he's wonderful counselor, he is mighty God, he is everlasting father. I love this one. What does that mean? It means he's caring. It's really easy to have a distant view of God, isn't it? 
this powerful God out there. Yeah, he generally speaking, he loves the world, but he doesn't really care about me. And you need to hear this firmly and clearly this morning. He cares for you, not just you all. He cares for you. The things that you walked in the door with this morning, the burdens that you are carrying right now, the challenges that you have right now, he cares for you. He loves you. And he is everlasting father. And I say this all the time. Some of you are like, I don't like the idea that he's a father because my father was a jerk. That's not what God is like. He is a good father. He cares for you intimately. Scripture says he knows every hair on your head. And he loves you. Okay? He's a wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting father. He is prince of peace. And I think for a lot of us, that's the crown jewel, because that's what we want. Like, I wish I could, I could just get some peace in my life, right? I wish I just had a little peace in my life. We want that feeling. You know the feeling of just like, <sighs> I want that feeling in my life. But you need to hear this. Lasting peace doesn't come because everything in life is calm. Because you can get everything calm in your life. It ain't going to stay that way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's those moments in life where I, I've had those moments in our life where I'm like, can I just hit pause real quick? Because I like, I like, I'm liking everything right now. Everything's under control. It feels like everything's spinning. Can we hit pause right now? And it never works. Something always changes. And if you're, you're hoping for peace because everything's going to be calm and under control, you're in trouble. You need to understand that that kind of peace is only found in one person, and it's only found under one king, King Jesus. That's it. It is when you plant your life firmly on him, no matter what's going on around you, no matter the chaos you're facing, no matter how overwhelmed you may feel in your life, it is when you plant your life firmly on Christ and say, God, I don't like what's going on in this world. I don't like what's going on in my life. But God, I trust in you. My hope is in you. My foundation is in you. And God, I am turning to no other place but you. I run. You are the first that I run to. You are the last. You are the one that I run to over and over again because this world will fail me over and over again. But you never fail. You are faithful in every way. All right? Thank you, Lord. So the question that I want to ask is, what's our response going to be to King Jesus this morning? What's our response going to be to him this morning? Now, for some of us, you know, we, we come to church, but most of the time we ignore him. Is that how we're going to respond to him? Some of you, maybe you just you take him out when it's convenient. There's times in my life where I can do the same thing. I just pull out. Maybe you pull him out like he's a game just to play with every once in a while and then put it back on the shelf, you know. Or like when things get really, really bad, that's when we turn to Jesus, you know. I don't think that's the way to respond to him. And so I want to get to our big so what this morning. We always have a so what, so what, what's the point of this thing? If you forget everything else that I shared this morning, it's this. A king deserves a bended knee. A king deserves a bended knee. Jesus came not as a baby. He came as a king. And the challenge for us is how do we respond to him? And I look at the story of the wise men. How many of you are familiar with the story of the wise men that we find in scripture? And how did the wise men respond. You see, the, the wise men were these men from a distant land, it says, right? And they're, 
And they come and they, they hear the, this idea. They see this star out in the distance and, and they go and pursue this star. And ultimately it leads them through the darkness to this baby. But the response to the baby is really, really peculiar, isn't it? You remember the story. What happens? They come to a baby and they bow down. Grown men bowing before a child. Makes no sense to me. Like, if you ever did that, that would be weird. Like, why are we bowing down? But here's the deal. They understood who the child was. The child wasn't just a baby. The child was king. And so the challenge for us is how will we respond to the king? Will we submit our lives to him? For some of us, as I said, many of us, we understand who Jesus is, but we don't live in such a way that we're turning to him as our king. We're looking to other people. We're looking to other things to be our source. And the challenge for us is could we be those who say, God, I bow my knee to you. I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to bend my knee to you again. I may have gotten distracted in my life with other things. Even in the last few months with all the busyness, I may have been looking to other things. But Jesus, I need to have a moment of recommitment to you where I turn back to you and I surrender to you again with a bended knee. There's others of you here this morning that it's possible that maybe you're, um, you've never bent a knee to Christ as your Savior. You resonate with some of the things that I've shared this morning. You resonate with the idea that, man, you've been looking in other places. You've never surrendered to him. Here's the good news of the gospel. The gospel says this, that you and I, in and of ourselves, we are separated from God because of our sin and our brokenness. That's what scripture says. And it says the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came as a baby, but he didn't stop there. He went to a cross to pay the penalty for our sin, to give us a brand new beginning, a new opportunity. But he overcame the power of sin and death by raising to, to life again. And if we would surrender our lives to him, if we would su submit to him completely as not just savior, but also as our king, right, we could receive new eternal life. And so this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to him, to respond to Jesus. For every single one of us, could we turn our eyes to him? I'm going to invite you to bow your heads across the room. And would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for the invitation. God, we thank you for the invitation to, to see you in a new way, God. And God, we admit that it's really easy in our lives um, in this season to get distracted by all the stuff and the things and we get back to our traditions and we get back to um, just all the things that we've always done. But we just want to hit pause for a second, Lord. Remind ourselves of who you are, that you are king of all creation. You are Lord of all. And Lord, we want to respond to you. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bow and every eye closed this morning, I want to give those of you, there's some of you, you, you consider yourself a follower of Jesus. Now, you're a follower of Jesus. You love him. But if you're honest with yourself, you've been a little distracted. If you're honest with yourself, you've been looking to other things to be your foundation. And if you've, you've found yourself with a lot of valley moments because your foundation has not been firm. And if that's you this morning, just as an act of faith to say, Jesus, I want to bend my knee to you again. Would you just lift a hand and say, that's me. I want to I bend the knee again, Lord. Yeah, cross the room. 
just respond to him. Jesus, that's what you need. Yeah. So we want to respond to you, God. We want to turn our hearts to you again, Lord. Even on your own, just pray a prayer to Jesus right now. Just say, God, I surrender myself to you again. I want to get my eyes in the right place. I want to get focused in the right place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bow, every eye closed, there may be someone here this morning. You've never responded. You've never bended your knee to Jesus. You've never uh, surrendered to him completely. And this morning, you're ready to do that. The good news of the gospel is available to every single one of us. But we have to respond. It's not a story to just listen to. It's a story to respond to. So if you're here this morning and you want to respond to Jesus, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, you want to bend your knee for the very first time, or maybe it's the first time in a long time, you need to bend your knee to the king. Ask him to forgive you and to surrender your life to him so that you can receive eternal life with him forever. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just lift a hand across the room and say, that's me. I want to respond to Jesus this morning. I want to surrender my heart to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're online, I would encourage you to respond as well. Yeah. I'm going to encourage you to pray with me as I pray. Just pray in your own heart. If you want to respond to Christ. Jesus, thank you so much for giving your life for me. Thank you so much for pursuing me. And I acknowledge that I'm a sinner who needs saving I admit that I've gone the wrong way and I ask that you would forgive me of that. And Lord, I believe in Jesus and I surrender my life to Jesus, not just as my Savior, but as my King and Lord. Pray that you would help me to live for you, Jesus, in everything. Give my life to you completely, Jesus. Help me to live for you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me across the room? I want to just take a moment for us to respond wherever you're at in your faith right now. We want to have a moment of just surrender. And so we're going to respond. We're going to sing what we sang earlier. Come let us adore him. But I would encourage you to make an altar where you're at. If you want to bend a knee literally right now, feel free to do so. But if you want to bend a knee in your own heart, let's do that. Let's respond to him for a moment.
we pray that this season, God, we would keep our eyes on you as king. That we wouldn't bow our knees to other things and other people and other places, Lord. We would bow our knees to the one true king, God. That we would found our foundation in you. God, as the winds blow of life, as the chaos of life blow, God, may we be constantly turning back to you as our source, as our strength, as the one that never changes, the one that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, may our hope be in Christ alone. pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. So grateful for you being here this morning. Just want to give you a couple reminders.